Welcome to the weekly podcast of Valley Church. I pray that this message will fill you with the hope of the gospel and will help you follow Jesus today. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, visit valleychurchwv.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Father God, thank you for this time that you've given us to come together over your word, Lord, that we can congregate freely in your house, that we can uh, use this time to learn more about you. God, I just pray that you would speak through me this morning and that the message that you want your church to hear would proceed from my lips. And I pray this in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Amen. All right, so uh, today I'm going to continue our sermon uh, or a series through the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, I'm going to talk about anger. So um, in 2005, uh, a man was trying to make a phone call from um, a hotel room in New York City. And um, after the phone in his room didn't work, uh, he went to the lobby to use the house phone, and, and he, he was in the lobby, and one thing led to another, and there was an altercation between him and, uh, and the employee, which ultimately led to the arrest of this individual, uh, and the man was charged uh, with a crime, and, and he later pled guilty to a lesser charge, and, um, and then uh, he, he was ultimately, uh, I think, uh, sued again for, for something. But the man uh, involved, he paid an undisclosed amount to, to settle this, and, uh, and life goes on. And we got a photo of this guy here. How many Russell Crowe fans we got? Somebody, somebody say it. Anybody? Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained, right? There you go. Yeah, that's it. So let's, let's talk about anger, right? <laughs> something that we're all, we're all familiar with, something that I mentioned this morning, you know, it creeps into our life every day. Everybody in this room uh, experiences anger, uh, maybe even some of you this morning on your, on your way to church. So uh, first, I want to throw out uh, some stuff about the science of anger. Um, I found uh, most of this uh, information on mentalhealth.com. Net, so as not to plagiarize too much here. Uh, roughly 8% of people living in the U.S. struggle with some kind of intense, poorly controlled, or uh, inappropriate levels of anger. And I would think that would, would seem like more people would have that, right? I mean, uh, maybe I'm just around a lot of angry people. But I read somewhere else that uh, 32% of people said they have a close friend uh, or a family member who struggles to control their anger, and 28% of people were worried about how angry they get. And I, I'll, I'll tell you in a little while that my family falls in that 32% um, uh, for, for me. So um, anger is described as a basic human emotion that is experienced by all people. Um, and we can agree on that, 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 everybody, that everybody gets angry. Um, most often anger is triggered by an emotional hurt, or anger is... Um, uh, something that we feel when uh, we experience something unpleasant or we think we've been injured or mistreated uh, or when somebody opposes us in our views, uh, we get angry about that or someone keeps us from obtaining a personal goal. <coughs> Excuse me. So um, I work with a guy uh, who who who's just has that way. You've ever worked with people that have that way of just irking you, right? They, uh, this guy can make people rage and he doesn't even know it doesn't have a clue. I mean, he's just twisting. This person's mad, ready to, ready to choke him out, and, and he just smiles and, and keeps going. You know, he has no clue. So um, some experts, uh, they suggest that the average adult gets angry about once a day, annoyed or ticked off about three times a day, and other 
uh, anger management experts suggest that uh, getting angry as many as 15 times a day is more likely uh, a realistic number. Um, and there's a lot of causes for anger. Uh, childhood, tragic events in your childhood can lead you to become an angry person when you grow up. Uh, Post-traumatic stress disorder, bipolar disorder, uh, those are all, all issues that can cause anger. And in the United States, we even have laws about anger. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the sudden passion law. Have anybody heard about that? I wouldn't have known it except for I listened to it on a podcast on Dateline NBC. Uh, and it's, um, it's a law that you can find in, in Texas Penal Code 1902. And that's the, the, their section of the code that covers murder. And it basically states that if you are so enraged by your victim into an uncontrollable, angry situation that you can find defense in this sudden passion law. So, uh, you know, when you, when you come home, and you, you find your, your partner in, uh, in extramarital activities and you, you lose your mind, you know, at your, at your murder trial, trial you'll, you'll have a, a defense uh, with anger. So that's, you know, that's pretty sad that, uh, that we actually have laws in the U.S. to, to deal with that kind of anger. Um, so uh, a Mr. Keltner, uh, I say Mr. because I, I can't pronounce his first name, he's the director of Berkeley uh, Social Interaction Lab, says that, um, that anger is actually one of the most straightforward forms of communication that, uh, that we have. Uh, it's quick to convey a message, and, uh, and usually the, uh, the, the person on the receiving end of that is just quick to understand that, that the person has something they want to talk about. And I'd say that's accurate. I've been on the receiving end of that you know, quite a few times. <coughs> Continuing, he says, um, Surprisingly, though, in most cases, expressing anger resulted in all parties involved becoming more willing to listen, um, that uh, people were more inclined to speak honestly, more accommodating of each other's complaints, and people reported that they uh, tended to be much happier after yelling at an offended party. Uh, they felt relieved and more energized, and the ratio of perceived, I want to, I want to point that word out, perceived benefit to harmful consequences is about three to one. So, uh, you know, when we, sorry, my, my thing just gave up on me here. That is why I printed out. <laughs> yep, okay. Um, so subsequent studies have found uh, other benefits as well. Uh, we're more likely to perceive people who express anger as competent, powerful, uh, and the kinds of leaders who overcome challenges. Uh, so when we become angry, we feel like we're taking control and that we're taking power over somebody. And that's, that's you know, like I said, that's just pretty bad that we, we live in a society where anger is considered uh, to, to be something that uh, we experience every day and something that's okay. So... Um, how many of you guys in here have uh, struggled with anger issues? Any of you guys? It's a lot of hands, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, before I started coming to church, um, uh, I, I struggled with tons and tons of uh, anger issues. Uh, Jonathan, when he asked me if I would preach through this, uh, this uh, series, uh, the Sermon of the Mount, I thought how fitting that was. Um, Bree and my children can tell you that I, I used to struggle greatly with anger, and not just, not just anger, but I mean fits of rage, which is, you know, that's what it turns into sometimes for adults, like a, like a baby that doesn't get their way. Um, 
But I think that, that anger maybe is contagious. You know, we, we just heard that, you know, a, a tragic event in your childhood or that things that you witnessed when you're young can, can lead to you being angry. And I had some of those, a couple of them uh, that I want to share with you uh, this morning. And I'm still fighting with this thing, and I think I'm just going to have to give up on it. Um, so uh, I remember one time when I was young that my grandfather um, just absolutely lost his mind. Um, he, he, he had a, a, a wash pan that he shaved in, and uh, they didn't have any running water in their bathroom, you know, so he would draw water from the sink, and he would sit down and shave at the table. And my sister gave a cat a bath in that wash pan. And <laughs> just over something like that, my grandfather lost his mind, and he, uh, instead of talking through it, he uh, brandished a firearm and shot holes through his house. You know, that, that wasn't the way to handle that anger. And my dad, when I was growing up, my dad would lose his mind just at the drop of a hat and, and scream and throw a fit and cuss. And, uh, and obviously that, that rubbed off on me. I thought that was the way that a man was supposed to act. And uh, I remember uh, I, I would often, you know, if I slipped up and said something in front of my dad I wasn't supposed to, he'd, where did you hear that? Where do you think I heard that? You know, you're, <laughs> you're, you're the example that I have. And I, and I think I remember that my mom was also angry a lot when I was young, but the older I get, I think that was my fault. So <laughs> I think most of that was, was my fault. So, <laughs> yeah. So um, that's what the Word of God, or I'm sorry, that's what science, science has to say about anger. Let's go ahead and dive in and see what the Word of God has to say about anger. So if you'll turn with me to Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to read verse 21 through 26. <clears throat> you have heard that it is said of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to the judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and then come quickly and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you've paid the last penny. So... Um, Precious mentioned last week that the scribes and the Pharisees were, they were taking the heart out of the law. And that's, that's what they're doing here. They were concerned with the superficial side of the matter where Jesus was getting to the heart of the matter. Jesus went deeper. He, he, uh, he states several times in these next several verses, not just what I'm preaching through today, but what you're going to see in the coming weeks uh, you'll hear him say, you've heard it said, but I say to you. So, so Jesus is saying, you know, you've, you've heard it said, this is the law, but then he expounds on it and, and goes a little bit deeper explaining that the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees is flawed uh, in the way that they're teaching the law. So uh, verse 21, you've heard it said uh, that, uh, I'm sorry, you've, you've heard it said of those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. So the scribes and the Pharisees were teaching not to commit an act against your brother that would land you in hot water. They were basically saying uh, or teaching that uh, as long as there's, there's no blood guilt, that you're okay. Uh, so let's jump over to Genesis chapter 4. 
Um, Genesis chapter 4. And uh, <clears throat> we read here, verses 3 through 5, should be on the screen behind me. I'm just going to kind of paraphrase through it. <clears throat> that, uh, you know, in verses 3 through 5, we read that Cain was a farmer, uh, him and his brother Abel. Uh, Abel was a, a, a shepherd. And that when the time came, they both brought an offering to the Lord. And Abel brought of the firstborn of the flock and the fattest portion, and Cain brought of the fruit of the ground. Uh, scripture says that the Lord had regard for Abel's offering, but for Cain's offering, he had none. So, uh, and this is because Abel was doing what, what was right. He, he, was, he was given to the Lord uh, the first, the best, the fattest portion, what was due to the Lord. And Cain seemed indifferent. He just brought some of his crop. And, uh, and uh, you can read on that it says that Cain was very angry and uh, his face fell. So Cain was angry with his brother. This is the first time in Scripture that, that, that anger is mentioned. And uh, so, you know, anger is almost as old as time. Um, so God, God confronts uh, Cain about his anger in verses 6 and 7, and he asks him, why, why are you angry and why is your face fallen? God says, if you, if you do well, will you not be accepted? But if not, sin is crouched at the door... So God says that you have to do what's right, that you have to choose to rule over that sin, just like we'll see in a little while, you have to rule over your anger. So, so in the first um, couple verses there, you know, uh, Cain, Cain's angry, and sadly in verse 8, you can continue reading that Cain rose up against his brother in a field, and, uh, and, he, and he killed him. And uh, because of that, God cursed him and, uh, for, for, the, for the anger in his heart. So um, we'll go back to Matthew now. Um, so the blood that, uh, that Jesus describes in 521, the blood guilt uh, that the Pharisees are talking about, this is, this is the blood guilt that they're talking. You know, as long as you don't murder somebody, as long as there's no blood guilt, then you're okay. But uh, verse 22 says, but I say to you, so we heard, you know, there Jesus says, uh, you've heard it said, but now I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to the judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. Your translation may say raka. I think that's how you pronounce that. That just means uh, it's an insult. It uh, means empty-headed or, or stupid. So Jesus says that, yeah, if there's a blood guilt, absolutely, you're, you're, you're guilty of, uh, or you're, you'll be delivered. You're liable for judgment. But he goes on to say that, if you, if you have an angry outburst against your brother, if you're angry with your brother, that you're just as liable for that angry outburst against your brother, that insult or being angry in your heart against your brother, as if you murdered someone. So um, I remember it's probably two years ago or so, we were in a, a Bible study here at the church on Wednesday evening, and Wayne was leading, and he, he asked us, we were going through the book of James, which talks a lot about the tongue and how it can get you in trouble and Wayne's, Wayne asked us, have we ever murdered anybody? And that seems silly to me almost. Have we murdered, murdered anyone? Um, but James uh, 1, 19 and 20 says, Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So, uh, you know, uh, Jesus is tying the, the, an angry heart to, to murder. So it makes perfect sense that Wayne would ask us that because we've all, we've all been angry, right? 
We're all guilty of that. So uh, James mentions uh, human anger here. So uh, human anger, what, what, what is human anger? You know, we, we read through all the science earlier um, that I spit out at the beginning of this message. And uh, uh, James, you know, he puts it here that, uh, that human anger is, is not or does not produce the righteousness of God. So, so with that, we would assume that there's some kind of righteous anger. And uh, we'll, we'll come back to that in, in just a little bit. But uh, carrying on in Matthew chapter 5, um, verse 23. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you're offering your gift at the altar, and there remember your brother has something against you, leave the gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother and come and offer your gift. So Jesus is saying that uh, to be the bigger man here through humility um, Notice he doesn't say that if, that if, uh, if someone has something against you to go hunt them down, uh, I'm sorry, if you have something against somebody else to, to go hunt them down, he's saying if somebody has something against you to leave that gift, he's saying, humble yourself, go find this individual that you, that you may have offended and, and reconcile with that person uh, so that you, can, uh, that you can come back and present your gift to God. He says, leave your gift here. Um, you know, back, back in the day, uh, people traveled by foot, right? So he, he didn't say, do it on your own time, do it whenever you get a chance, make a note to do it. He said, uh, leave your gift there and, and go uh, to be reconciled first with your brother. It's worth losing your gift. The word quickly um, that's used here uh, in verse 25, come quickly to terms with your accuser while you're going with him to court, lest, yet, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge and the judge to the guard and you be put in prison. Uh, verse 26 says, truly I say to you, you will never get out until you've paid the last penny. So quickly uh, means without uh, unnecessary uh, delay. So that means right now, uh, when, when this thought comes to you, that you need to go reconcile to a brother, don't wait. Do it right now. Um, and it's better to, uh, to settle with your accuser before you end up in front of a judge who may not rule in your favor. Uh, you can almost always find means to reconcile outside of court, but the, the longer the situation drags out, the, uh, the, the steeper the penalty may become. Jesus is saying that if you let your anger lead you into the courtroom to justify your actions, uh, that you might not like the outcome. So uh, that's an example of, uh, of how we should not act in our anger, but I wanted to, to carry on a little further on how, how maybe we should act uh, when we're angry. So if you guys want to turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. <clears throat> there, uh, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, we can read in verse 24, uh, I'm sorry, verse 26 to 27, what Paul has to say about anger and how it pertains to Christian living. So verse 26 says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So first we can see that there's going to be anger in our lives. You know, verse 26 starts with be angry. We're, we're going to have anger in our lives, but how, how should we act with that anger? Um, uh, you know, it certainly means that's, that, that anger is going to creep in, but Paul follows that up by saying, do not sin. Don't let that anger uh, drive you uh, into sin. He says that uh, 
In verse 27, he says, uh, not to, I'm sorry, sorry, the second half of 26 says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't dwell on that anger. Don't uh, hold on to your anger very long. Um, certainly don't go to bed angry. I know, uh, I don't think it's such a big thing anymore, but, you know, when I was younger, I always remember hearing men say they were in the doghouse, right, or sleeping on the couch or something like that. You know, you shouldn't let that happen in your lives. Don't, don't dwell on that anger. Reconcile that anger uh, before you go to bed. Uh, just as Jesus says in uh, 5.25, we should quickly come to terms with our accuser, uh, that we can resolve that anger before the sun goes down. Uh, verse 27, he says, and give no opportunity to the devil. Paul's teaching that we should not allow that anger to rule over our lives. Um, that in doing so, you're opening a door and allowing Satan to get a foothold in your life. Just as God told Cain, we must rule over our sin, we, we have to rule over this anger that we have in our lives. Uh, Paul continues in verse 31 by saying, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, <clears throat> forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So, you know, just to re recap that, he says that um, we shouldn't dwell on our anger, not to let it rule over us. Uh, and that uh, to forgive others as Christ forgave us. I mean, Christ forgave us while we were still sinners. So, you know, we have, we have malice in our heart. We have anger in our heart. We, we should forgive other people uh, just as Christ forgave us. So when should we be angry? You know, in Ephesians it says be angry. So when should we be angry? Uh, we can't put like a, I can't stand here and tell you we're going to put a time on it to, to be angry, but just talk about, uh, you know, there's, there's times in our lives that we, we should be angry, and uh, we can find that in John 2, 13, and 15 uh, during the Passover, that the, uh, the Jews, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll read uh, 13 through 15. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple he found there those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeon, pigeons and money, changing, or money changers sitting there. And making a whip of cords, he drove them out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned the table. So Jesus found people in the temple that they were selling animals to people that were traveling and that they were changing money. Uh, you know, they, they were not allowed to sacrifice or to, to give money that had... Uh, an, uh, the image of an idol on it. So they were changing money and, and they were trying to provide. And this was disrupting worship in the temple. And so Jesus himself, he wasn't mad about the situation. He wasn't mad uh, at himself. He was just simply saying that uh, um, he, he was upset that people were being oppressed. And that's the time for us to be angry. Uh, that when we see God's people being oppressed and treated badly, that we should be we should be angry about that. The Bible says that Jesus did this due to his zeal for the house of the Lord. And that's, that's the kind of anger that we should have in our hearts. Uh, anger when we see God's people oppressed. Um, not angry over being slighted or a fight that we had with our spouse or something that we've done to each other. So I'll leave you with this. Uh, John 3.15 says, Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. <clears throat> and you know that murderers has no eternal life abiding in them. So Jesus correlates, again, anger to murder. 
And uh, we don't want to have that malice in our hearts. So um, in ending, I want you guys to bow your heads. I just want to, I want to close this out here. I'd like you to bow your heads and take just a minute to think if there's someone, someone you're angry with right now, someone who's uh, wronged you or said something to anger you, someone you may have, uh, you may have a grudge with. Remember that usually uh, the person that you're angry with, they don't, they don't know that. It uh, doesn't affect them at all. The other person often doesn't know. So I invite you to give up that bitterness and that angry, angry uh, spirit that you have in your heart uh, towards that person. I want you to just forgive them. Just as Jesus cried out from the cross, forgive them for they know not what they do. Just forgive that person that you may be angry with. And uh, maybe, uh, maybe someone's angry with you today. Maybe somebody has, uh, maybe you've, you've somehow offended someone. Uh, so again, I would just urge you to, to find that person just as uh, the scripture says quickly, you know, without unnecessary delay, leave from this place and find that person and just apologize to them uh, to reconcile with them. Uh, yeah. So, Father God, thank you for this time that you've given us this morning to spend in your word. God, I pray that you would uh, help and strengthen us uh, to humble ourselves, God, to submit to your perfect will for our lives and to be obedient and rule over. Uh, the sin of anger. God, that uh, we would displace it from our lives, forgiving those who have trespassed against us, God, just as you have forgiven us. God, help us not to dwell on our anger and to instead focus on the love that we have in our lives. And uh, thank you, God, for your son, Jesus, and the example that he set for us. And I pray this in his precious name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Valley Church. If you are impacted by today's teaching or made a decision to follow Jesus, we would love to hear from you, pray for you, and walk with you. To connect with us, visit valleychurchwv.com. There you will find resources on following Jesus and information about how to partner with us here at Valley Church as we seek, serve, and send disciples of Christ.